You're listening to an ELN podcast. Mike, thanks for joining me for Talking Energy. Um, who is Mike Hughes? Who is Mike Hughes? A very good question to start. Um, so Mike Hughes is a guy originally from the west of Ireland. Um, I studied electronics and telecommunications. Uh, ended up in the industrial field. I was actually working for a company in the Black Forest in Germany in the motion control business. Wow. Uh, a company called Schneider Electric came and bought that company. And uh, 20 years later, here I am. Uh, heading up Schneider Electric here in the UK and Ireland. And you didn't go. A lot of people go when uh, big companies take over other companies. Why did you stay? Why did you want to be part of what, what Yeah, well, they, well, I mean, I was... Um, or they just said, come on, we'll give you some more money. Uh, no, it, it, it was, there was a period of about two years, three years, where actually I was sort of in between. Yeah. So the company had been bought. I was given a very interesting role, which was trying to then sell the products that that company had made, a company called Bergalar, and then sell that through Schneider Electric. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I just found it absolutely fascinating. I mean, we were a company of 800, 900 people, suddenly landing in a company at that time of 60,000 people. Amazing. Um, and and it was just an intellectual challenge, you know, to see, wow, you know, this is very different. Yeah. It works very differently. Um, you know, I spent about two years going around Schneider, learning Schneider, the, what was it, what was yes. it trying to become. Uh, I don't think I sold much, <laughs> but it was an absolutely wonderful learning experience to be able to then build a career in Schneider, which then I did get offered the chance. Yeah. Uh, so once I, I was actually offered to go to Taiwan to, to effectively do the role I'm doing now, but in, in Taiwan, so heading up Schneider in Taiwan. And because of those two years going around mm -hmm. and understanding the company and where it was going and what it was trying to do, uh, it was just a super training for when I actually got a, a, let's say, a first big job in Schneider. Can I ask you honestly, did you know who Schneider were before they bought your company? Had you heard of them? I sort of, um, I sort of knew Schneider. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's one of the things about Schneider yes. that, that people don't really sort of uh, get the history of it. Um, I always say it's like one of those biggest companies that you've never heard of. It's the biggest company you've never heard of, yeah. right? And you know, I. I, but I you kind of like it that way, don't you? Well, we're, we're changing that piece by piece. Now, so why not so many people know Schneider? So I think, first of all, it's because um, we're behind the walls and under the ceilings and in the grey boxes on the side of the street. So we're actually, I always say, there's hardly a building in the country we're not in. Okay, so we're pretty much everywhere. But it's not one of those consumer brands. So the people who need to know us, they know us extremely well. So in our business-to-business -business world, electrical engineering, automation world, we're extremely well known. <coughs> um, but it's the consumer piece we're not so well known. Yeah, and do you think that's the difference? Because if you look at perhaps one of your sort of uh, equivalent rival companies, someone like a <coughs> Siemens or even a Philips or someone like that, they're known because of the kind of domestic side of things. Um, I don't know whether that's a, a positive or a negative, but there's an awareness. Has that ever bothered Schneider? Has it ever bothered you? Uh, not particularly, because the, the, the consumer piece has never, at least from the UK and Ireland yeah. point of view, has never been one of the strong points of the company. Now, in, in other geographies you go there, the brand is very well known. Right, okay. <clears throat> because historically there's been, let's say, a part of the business which has been, let's say, in the residential sector. Okay. 
Um, but, but, but the history of Schneider is again was a very acquisitive company. Right. And up yeah. until about really, I guess only about 10 years ago, the, the brand of Schneider was effectively a holding company. That's, it's, a very, it's a very old company. I mean, it goes way yeah, back to, yeah. um, you know, we used to be steel manufacturers and uh, some of our steel is in the bridges in Paris and in the Eiffel Tower, for example. Um, <coughs> but the company transformed and what happened was it bought a lot of companies. Mm. So we actually ended up with, uh, I think we peaked out at 146 brands before we finally made that that decision to just move to the one brand of Schneider Electric. So in that sense, what's, what's very interesting about Schneider, it's a very new brand, it's actually a very old yes, brand. Exactly right? It. If, you, if you Google it, it's fascinating to see how many brands and the evolutions of the brands over, yeah. over the last 150 years. <coughs> um, but it's only in the last 10 years that suddenly the brand Schneider has become to be known in the market. But if you were a customer of Schneider who knew Merlin Johan, mm -hmm. I mean, you knew Merlin Johan, or gotcha. you knew Square D, or you knew Telemechanique, or, or Modicon, or TAC, or whatever the piece of the business was. Mm. And it's, it's been a fascinating journey to see Schneider merge into one brand, and also to bring that combined solution to the customers as well. So moving beyond individual product lines. Let's take a look at where we are in energy in particular for the UK market. So uh, you said the company started off in kind of steel and you know, the sort of industrial energy. Yeah. And that's kind of a similar pattern of our energy sector now. It was all about kind of big power plants, big users using lots of energy and it's a deal. Absolutely, yeah. It's transitioning so fast. In fact, we've only been going nine years, but I think the speed <coughs> at which the energy sector has transitioned has really picked up in the last three to four years. Yeah. How do you see it right now? Oh yeah, I mean, it's quite remarkable, isn't it? I mean, what was essentially a fairly traditional, steady business, you, you, you built a power plant, a massive thing, yep. you connected it to the grid, you had a fairly predictable demand supply situation, uh, and suddenly we're thrown into this world which is uh, becoming digitized. You have the push around renewables, which is putting massive pressure on the generation part of the equation. And for the first time in history, <coughs> you start to have movable loads. Yes. You know, what was, you know, towns don't move, this building doesn't move. You know, you can predict very carefully what the energy profile is going to be. But, you know, if, if on a Monday you have 50 electric vehicles coming in here, on a Tuesday maybe five, that suddenly that load is now changing. And, mm. and, and that's the fascinating thing around the energy market is it's actually fragmenting on both sides of the equation. It's fragmenting on the generation side as you bring in <coughs> smaller uh, microgrids, yep. offshore wind, renewables, solar Storage, power, yeah. you know, so what used to be big chunky pieces of generation is fragmenting. And it's fragmenting on the demand side, where again you have now movable loads, you have people moving into the prosumer space, mm -hmm. as in they're generating for themselves, so sometimes they're on the grid, sometimes they're off the grid. Absolutely fascinating to see. And of course what's driving that is legislation and technology. Yeah. Looking at that, if you look at the challenge facing the energy suppliers, and we talk to them a lot, they're having to reinvent themselves, right? Yes. So they used to be, I'll supply you, here's my deal, sorted, and I'm going to give you stable power. Now they're transitioning to what they call solutions companies. Yeah. Now they're transitioning because the end user says, Mike, 
yeah, that's fine. I don't really want batteries because I, I've got that. But actually what I need is a way of connecting my business all together. I need the, my data now is my asset or I'm going to build a, a wind turbine or I'm going to have a CHP plant. With these changes that the, the suppliers, to be honest, are finding difficult to adjust yep. to, how do you see the makeup of the energy sector now? Um, is it a time that big companies are slightly fearful? I think there's a lot of disruption going on. Yes. <clears throat> and if you look at how utilities have changed, not just in the UK, um, but across Europe and across the world, I mean, um, you've had some major big companies suddenly being faced with existential threats. Absolutely. Uh, you have assets that were supposed to be running oh, for yeah. 30 years that had to be shut down in two By years. By the stroke of one legislative uh, exactly. plan. Exactly. So, so it's a very, it's a very um, legislatively driven market. Yes. Uh, driven by government. I mean, the whole the whole situation after Fukushima, for example, where the German government had a stroke, mm -hmm. said, that's it, we're done with nuclear. I mean, absolutely transformational. <clears throat> the whole reduction of carbon footprint topic as well, the environmental awareness. I mean, we're sitting in London. We had, the climate process. We had gamma. demonstrations yep. yesterday on absolutely. that. We, we've, we've just had the ultra-low vehicle initiative come in. Said. So very heavily driven by legislation and public awareness <coughs> that's disrupting this generation side and also then on the on the demand side as we said very much driven again by also by environmental awareness where you know people are the consumer is starting to become more engaged in that discussion Absolutely, around, yeah. you know what am i buying and where am i buying where is it, it coming from, from? <coughs> i think one of the challenges of that industry our industry the electrical industry is is it's not as visible as it could be and if we were to take an example I was just discussing yesterday with somebody that's involved in the, in the plastics market, for example, the, the speed at which people are, are visibly rejecting single-use mm -hmm. plastics because they touch it, they feel it, they, they say, oh, I, I, I don't want that, you know. And, and the real question, I think, for us in the electrical market, and that's something that we work on as Schneider, is how do you make that energy consumption more visible? Yes. How do you let the consumer see that by doing X, Y, or Z, it has a direct impact on the amount of energy that you use or where that energy is coming from, you know, for how much of it was generated with carbon, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. With, with the transition that's happening to the big suppliers, who are generally have been your customers in the past, yeah, yeah. big assets that you've provided bits <coughs> for, how are you changing? How is Schneider changing to this changing market? Yeah, so, so we've always been on both sides of mm. that equation. I mean, uh, if you look at, at, let's call it the grid, I mean, what are now the DNOs and the generators yep. and the ICPs, um, it, these people have always been our biggest historical customer block. Uh, but, but Schneider has always been on the, the, the demand side as well. I mean, in buildings, in industry, in data centers, in infrastructure. <clears throat> so the people who are using the energy have also been our customers. So we've always had that view across from generation to consumption. What's happening? Where is it going? It's quite How a unique view, isn't it? For, for, from doing the people who provide the power and also the people who are using the power. You, you're, you're across both, aren't you? Uh, correct, correct. And, that, and that's where we position ourselves as a company. You know, we, we, we will never be a power generator. That's not our business. Right. Um, <clears throat> we will never be a power consumer, but we are, of course, as a company, we're a power consumer. But that's not our play. Our play is how do you take that piece in the middle where you're buying your energy, you're transmitting your energy, and you're consuming your energy, how do you make that visible to people? First of all, how do you distribute it in a, in a safe, clean, environmental way? Um, but making, giving people the, the, the 
data, the visible information that allows them to make uh, a, a choice on saying, oh, you know, if I change this behavior, my energy consumption goes down. Yeah, understood. So we've always been on both sides. Now, how are we working with people is by, again, digitizing all of our equipment, making it connectable, doing that in a very safe cyber secure background, of course, because the nice thing about connecting things is you get a lot of data, you can see very clearly what's happening, and then you can allow let's say, um, a network operator to understand what's happening in this part of my network. Maybe I can switch that out and I can put, do it a different way and be much more efficient. And that the whole way through to the system to the home in saying, okay, how much energy are you using in your home? What's the profile of your energy consumption? You know, do you really need to have the heating coming on at that time when there's nobody there? You're going to be on holidays. For and it's really just trying to digitize that energy uh, view across the entire chain. Is that what you think you sit or are you going to still make the big bits of kit? Do you see yourselves now sitting in this kind of, as you say, the digital play for connecting things and going down to that level where you, you meet what the, what, the, what the consumer wants? Or are you still going to be the company that helps build a big power station or a big uh, no, we, wind we, asset? We, we, we are a tech company, that's right. clear. So, we will so you're going to do the big stuff We will well. always make the things. Okay? <laughs> okay, I, gotcha. I, I, I like to joke about it. We are the T in the IoT. Okay. okay? You know, the, the, the internet of things. We make You'll a make lot, the things. We make a lot of things. Right. Okay? Um, but the point is in the past, a lot of those things, just think about the uh, electrical board in your house. Right. Okay? You know, when the lights go out and you fumble around in a cupboard and you're looking for this thing and yeah, one yeah, of yeah. the levers is down and you yeah. put it up, right? Um, you know, that today, th that's, that's essentially a device that you sit and if you see it once a year, you're, you're concerned, okay? Uh, tomorrow you can control it from your iPhone. <coughs> mm. You can know exactly which one is tripped, you know why it is tripped, you can even trip it yourself potentially. Okay? So it's about giving you visibility, connectivity to all of these things. So we are a tech company very strong in the understanding of electrification, how you, how you manage, consume, distribute electricity, how you do that in a safe way. How do you now automate that and how do you digitize that? And then the last piece is we're investing very heavily in a software which then allows you to say you've gathered the data, mm -hmm. you've understood that something is going on. How can you now write software that allows you to automatically create algorithms or loops that build in your energy efficiency from the start? With the suppliers that we, we, we see, they've had this difficult, as I mentioned earlier, transitioning, and they can see themselves now facing things that the telecoms introduced, had Absolutely. many years ago. Yeah. But energy's never been like that. It's been a very analog industry. Yeah, and it's also had, fairly, dare I say, an analog culture. So with this change of digitalization, with this change of kind of much more rapid mobile assets, um, do you think there's a cultural change that's facing energy? Oh, I think so, very much. I think it's back again to that consumer awareness. Mm. I think what's changing energy is, is this huge increased awareness of where energy comes from. Uh, how much of it is, is linked to this carbon reduction and environment topic. I think this is clearly what's driving the whole debate. <coughs> it's it's the, the growing awareness that started whenever it was 30, 40 years ago with, with you know, people trying to make people aware that energy, A, wasn't free, yeah. B, it had to be generated, it had to you know, come from somewhere. And, and I think the level of public awareness has changed just tremendously, particularly in the last 10 to 15 years. 
um, where... But the industry's got trouble catching up with that, hasn't it? The industry has been trying to catch up with that. I mean, because as government legislates and as consumers make decisions of preference on purchasing, uh, it's totally dragging the industry with it. And the industry is, is having to learn and quickly adapt to that as it goes along. So, so it's, it's, it's part of what we would call the, uh, you know, the energy revolution, the energy transformation revolution, which is uh, something that was invisible, people didn't think too much about, um, suddenly is a dining room conversation. Yeah, know? absolutely. You know. um, looking at where we are now, and we transition, as you said, into this whole kind of more mobile energy, particularly EVs and storage. Um, one of the areas that I think has often been ignored is heat. Yeah. Okay. And heat is one of those things where, you know, I've got my gas boiler at home, right? Now I might have some energy efficient light bulbs, but I haven't really thought about changing that gas boiler. I haven't thought about CHP. I haven't thought about all these things. We have been so far behind, particularly in the UK with things like district heat networks. How big a player is the decarbonisation of heat, do you think? And is it something that you as a company would be involved in with the bits of kit and the data? Because heat will become digital as well yes, in the future. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I don't think it can be underestimated what the um, electrification of heat means. Yes. Um, you'll see various statistics from up being one third of the energy consumption really <coughs> of the country. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think what, what you, to put it into perspective, you have, you have this transformation happening around the electrification of transport, which is starting with cars, but clearly already people talking about buses and trams and trains sure. and how can that happen. So, I mean, th- this on its own is huge, okay? Um, then you throw heat in on top of that, okay? So now you're, you're faced with a... <coughs> generating more electricity because you cannot electrify heat without generating more electricity. So what's clear is, let's say, the the energy of the 21st century and onwards is electricity. So the pieces of the economy that weren't electric, like transportation, like heat, are becoming electric. And that's compounding this whole question of saying, well, how do we generate our electricity? Mm. Is it from renewables? Is it come from carbon fuels? And it drives even more the necessity to be even more efficient in the way you use that energy. Uh, Where will Schneider play in that? In exactly the same place, making all of these things visible, making it clear where each device is giving you information on how much energy you're using, connecting that into some kind of control and software system that says, okay, this is the profile of your consumption, you should turn this off, you should turn that off, you should switch this on now, etc. So I think those two transformations are going to be really big. Electrification of transport, electrification of heat. With energy efficiency, which you could say a big part of your business is in, you'd see that the industrial <coughs> sector has seemed to have adapted that quite well. But the government knows that small business, when well, we're a small business, but we can't do anything about our energy because we're in a rented building and it's up to the landlord. Yeah. And I might argue for him, which I did to get some LEDs in, yeah. but that took me ages. Yeah. Um, the government knows that SME businesses and the vast majority of small micro businesses are in this way where they can't get their energy efficiency up. Why do we have a problem with it? Why do we, have, why do we think about kind of let's get the deal but we don't think about what we're using? We may be thinking about let's have clean power, green power. But you ask people out there, maybe even the protesters, what are you doing to use less? And it's not that often that there's an answer. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. And I think, I think again, that's part of the, the maturing of the debate 
in saying, you know, it starts off with, well, okay, we should use less and we should have more green power. And then it moves on to saying, well, okay, that's fine. Now, where's it going to come from? <coughs> and, I, and I think that's just, again, part of that journey of the last 20, 30 years, how that debate has come from effectively nowhere mm. to suddenly being center stage. <coughs> Um, with particularly the younger generation becoming much more engaged in that. Um, now, what we see happening is for companies, it becomes a branding topic. The well, like a CSR play, you're saying? Yeah, it, it's, it's even beyond that. It's <clears throat> what we see very clearly is, is particularly the younger generation, they want to work for companies that have a vision beyond just what they're doing. You know, how is my job, this company, contributing to solving that, what they see as an existential problem um, in saying, well, you know, we'd, we'd like to live longer than being polluted by carbon dioxide Absolute, for yeah. the rest of our lives. Um, so there's a huge awareness in the general public about that. <coughs> there is a desire to do more about that. I think it's incumbent on companies like ours and the industry to come up with those solutions that help to drive the adaptation of, of technologies that will help us to get to that green, low-carbon future. Are you doing it for yourselves? Are you <coughs> sort of cutting back on your energy use? Oh, are you trying to become a sort of zero-carbon? What, what are you doing no, at absolutely. Schneider? I mean, Schneider is one of the, the leading companies in that. We're constantly being called out as being one of the, the most sustainable companies in, in our industry. Uh, we use all of our own technologies in our own plants and buildings. Uh, we, have a, we have our own measurements for saying how much energy did we cut this year, last year, have we reduced our as a group, footprint as a, as a group and even here in the UK as well. Right. I mean, every, um, every meeting that I start in management, we start with uh, two topics. One is around health and safety, yeah. um, what's happening with our people. The second is around our sustainability footprint. Mm. Um, are we on track to meet our own reductions? Uh, we've also made commitments as Schneider as part of being the RE100 to be, uh, to be carbon neutral by 2030. So we're, we're deeply embedded into that story, as you would expect us to be. Of course, if you're going to sell the stuff, that's what absolutely, we're, yeah, we're taking absolutely. to the market. Yeah. Yeah. But the interesting thing is we've just learned so much from that. A, mm. we've saved a lot of money, mm -hmm. um, but also learned a huge amount about what are the questions that our customers will ask us. But then you said it there, you've saved a lot of money. Why do you think, uh, going back to that point, it just doesn't go through? We thought that energy efficiency was a done deal, but you still talk to companies, you talk to end users who <coughs> come to our conferences and our events, and they still haven't done things that could save energy when it can affect the bottom line. What they're thinking about buying it or you know generating it, but not the saving. Have we got a cultural problem? I think I think um, I think it's it's you know one of the fallacies of life is that you know humans are rational economic <laughs> beings. You know I think right, yeah. I think I've just insulted the entire <laughs> yeah, economic, well, we'll, we'll be there. <laughs> economic community. But but fair enough. I mean but but what you're talking about is exactly that. Yeah. Is that these savings have been on the table for for years, but for whatever reason we haven't just psychologically said, oh okay, oh, wow, yeah, we could save money. Here. Yeah, we okay. look at where we can buy it cheaper, <coughs> but we don't think about what we what we. Th could that's cut correct. Back. That's correct. So I think again, it's just back to the maturing of that discussion right. that basically says, oh yeah, there is a big opportunity to be made here. And by the way, it's a win-win because A, you can get cleaner energy and B, you can save energy at the same time, okay? So just great to see how that debate has evolved, okay? But I think it's been very heavily driven by, as I say, the end consumer awareness mm -hmm. through that whole 
um, environmental topic mm -hmm. that is driving that. You, you see it in electric vehicles, you see it in the smart meter rollouts, people who want to have smart meters, you see people who are concerned about measuring their own carbon footprint, etc. So fascinating to see that, that happen, but those opportunities have been, industry, as you said, has been very good at taking those opportunities for years because for them energy was a huge piece of huge their cost, bill. Yeah. Okay. Um, for me and my house, okay, you know, it's, it's a smaller piece, but if the technology is there to do it, are you going to buy one that gives you the information and can link into your phone, or are you going to buy one that doesn't? Of course you'll go for that one. <coughs> so that's back to us as companies to be able to bring those products and solutions to the market that help the consumer to get that information. We're almost at the end. There's a couple of last things I want to talk about. Um, one of the things that you, you've just mentioned, you said, we're, we're the T in IoT, right? You make the things. Yeah, we make a lot of things. And we make yes. a lot of things. Yeah. These things are all going to be smart. These things are all going to be talking. Correct. I think the, the, a massive challenge, which is perhaps uh, not understated enough, uh, uh, not overstated enough, is basically the cyber play. Yes. How secure, yeah. how big an issue will cyber security be for the energy sector? Banking, finance, even telecoms, it's probably been with grip with that. But we've never been that way. We've been analog meters and you go and open the thing and you look at it. With so much data coming out and you, like you said, someone controlling your energy use, yeah. you become vulnerable. Yeah. What are you doing about the cyber security side of things? So in, first, in of all, first of all, yes, it will become a major issue. It already is a major issue, okay? Um, as everything becomes connected and we are one of the companies that's bringing that connectivity and being able to access that data and analyze that data. Um, it's a little bit like when the internet came out mm. first. <coughs> you know, you see all the benefits of it and then suddenly there's this, yeah, exactly. this other dimension, there that, is has another to, dimension. that has to be managed. But, but the advantage of us just totally outweigh the risks that people are prepared to take to get the advantages. But would you, would you feel it's incumbent on you to say to the guy, listen, don't use 000 as your pin code for this smart device. You oh, know, you'll put in the no, safety. No, absolutely. I think it's incumbent on us. So I think the point is how do we as an industry mm -hmm. um, make sure that people can get the advantages of IoT, yes. the connectability, the data visibility, etc., cetera, um, without, without bringing in too much risk? Okay. And the privacy element as well. Uh, yeah. the, the cyber dimension, the privacy. Now, you have, you have two angles on that. One is, let's say, the cyber itself, and the second is, is data, GDPR, et cetera. So I think governments are very switched on around data, mm. GDPR, et cetera. And I've seen it transform our own company as well about how do we make decisions, where do we store data. So I think this awareness is building. On the cyber side, for us, it starts at the components. Right. How do you design the product? To be secure. <coughs> to be secure yeah. in itself, okay? Then how do you design that into an architecture that is intrinsically cyber secure? So for example, that if for whatever reason there was a penetration, it's limited to that space, okay? How do you design that then into your greater system where you're able to look at? So I think cyber has many plays across it absolutely incumbent on companies like us who are bringing the technology to bring the right embedded solutions for that and make people aware, but give them the, the part of the solutions. I'm sure there'll be plenty of learnings on the way, um, but we're totally committed to that. Okay, 20 years ago, you, were, you, you joined Schneider, something like that. Yeah. Let's go 20 years in the future. 
Yeah, Probably maybe it's still there. there I don't there's, know. There, there's a beach somewhere there. <laughs> there's a, there's a beach. A pina colada. A pina yeah. colada, exactly. <laughs> Where is Schneider? What, what, will we know them more? What will we see them in? And, and what sort of energy future do you see? I mean, yeah. you, you're, you're, you're planning. Yeah, of course you are. Yeah. What, what sort of vision do you have? Oh, I, I, I hope and I believe uh, that Schneider will be one of the great global brands. <coughs> Uh, it will be it will be a technology company which is very heavily involved in sustainability, energy management, digitization, having delivered a lot of those benefits uh, of the IoT revolution. Will we all um, have electric cars by then? Twenty years, do you think? Um, maybe not all of us, but a lot more of us for sure. I mean, you can see that coming. Yeah. Uh, there's a demand from the consumer. There's there's legislation from government. There'll be some resistance on the way. There'll there'll even be some issues around. Are there enough charging cables? It's coming. It will happen. You you know you see the big car companies now. You've mm -hmm. had the early movers. The big car companies are piling in. You'll see the electrification of heat. You'll see more regulation around the standards for buildings around mm -hmm. energy consumption. Uh, so this whole sustainability topic is just going to go deeper and deeper and deeper in and we will be one of the tech companies that is seen to be one of the thought leaders and technology providers in helping that to happen. Well Mike, enjoy the pina colada or perhaps driving around the electric guy in the future, whatever you've been doing. Very good. Thank you very much for your time. It's a pleasure, thank you very much.